basement room and then just, just bring them in slightly, just squeeze, make sure you're all inside of that circle and just squeeze not to a threatening level but to a comforting position and I would just, oh, I just do it for you all and just hug you and embrace you and you'd say, yes, I don't need a wind chime. Then I would have accomplished my goal. I feel better, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I do. Steve O'Reilly is back with us tonight. Steve O, our musical director, said hello to him. Steve O, of course, was out. Uh, he had a hernia operation. Is that right, Steve O? Yeah, thanks. And you're all back on the end, are you? It must have been terribly difficult. Uh, yeah. Great! Well, we'd love to hear about it some other time. Now, if you could, would you mind playing me a little sitting down music, something low and slow, like Bill de Blasio at the hot bar at Whole Foods. I've never seen that happen, but I can imagine him kind of lumbering through looking for curry. Maris, this is great. I'm so, so happy 
hate your ear. And uh, now, uh, of course, we'll talk about the block, but I wanted to, we have never met. No. But I know you through, you, you take a lot of selfies, is that true? <laughs> yes, I do. A lot, like that would be the way people know you, is from the... I would um, hope there are other things, but I can, I can but, see how if you follow my Instagram, if you don't look at the books, you're looking at pictures of me. That's right. This is how I got to know you, and I'm, just, I'm a little late to the whole game, of course. I just got my Instagram account fired up a few days late, but everybody has such fun Instagram names, and I don't know who anybody is, so it's a little bit like wandering into a party where everyone is just dressed in black leotards, and they have, they're holding up a picture of a kitten over their face. Have you ever been into a kind of party like that where you wish you, were, you weren't? No. Oh, sometimes you gotta back out of those situations. <laughs> the fake mustaches I don't like so much. The fake mustaches, is that a thing? Uh, of Instagram, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. see, I gotta get into all this. <laughs> Hashtag fake mustache, I'm on it. <laughs> now, you grew up in New Jersey, but then spent some time in Philadelphia. How was the adjustment uh, from New Jersey to Philadelphia? Was it difficult for you? Um, it, it's really the difference between water and water. That's I mean, once I got over that, I was, I was pretty good. That's everything. That's how Philadelphians say water is water. <laughs> W-O-O-D-A. Water. I, of course, grew up not far from there, so, and, and yet I still have only a trace accent, as people can probably detect out there. And it's whenever I say the word towel. T-A-L. Some people might say towel. I do not. I say towel. Fascinating. Now, do you, do you recall your first computer? My first computer was in my dad's office in like 1997. I guess going back, what kind was it? A leading edge IBM PC clone? I believe so, yes. <laughs> was talking you out of getting into the fad of Apple. They said, well, that, that won't last. you got to get a leading edge, or was, or a comparable. By the way, thanks to our sponsors, Leading Edge. <laughs> <laughs> and did you take to blogging right away? Was blogging no. happening in 97? No, I started blogging in 2009. In 2009? So I, I wasted many precious years. No, you let the form mature, I see. <laughs> And you recently, of course you're all over the place, you recently wrote uh, about an experience of, uh, in New York Magazine, is that correct? Yes. Of, of uh, an, an embarrassing, watching an embarrassing yes. movie with your father. Indeed, yes. And that movie was? Clerks. So how old were you when you saw that? 15 or 16, and what happened was, um, we're from New Jersey, so um, we'd been reading about this guy who had this big film coming out, and he was getting crazy good reviews, and my dad said, why don't we go see it together? And I thought, great. And then what I just didn't realize how many blowjobs are involved. Just tons and tons of that. No. <laughs> I recall thinking it would be a good idea to watch uh, Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, uh, with my family, and that had just come out on VHS. It had such wonderful costumes, I thought they'd be distracted. But uh, that was a very, very quiet, quiet time spent at the Seaver household. My goodness. 
So we get into situations like that, don't we? Are you still friendly with your father? I am. You've kept up. Good, that's good. Now the blog, of course, is Slaughterhouse90210, and uh, explain what that is for people, but uh, generally it's that you take the high and, and you match it with the low. Yeah, um, I, I take literature, uh, quotes from literature, and I pair them with screenshots from TV shows, so it's kind of celebrating the, book, the best of both media, I would say. Right, so you would have a picture, for instance, what would be an example of, of your craft? Okay, so yesterday everybody was very up in arms about the How I Met Your Mother finale. Sure. So I had a screen cap of Ted looking after that yellow umbrella that's been so famous for so many years now. So many years. And a quote from Ian McEwen that, to summarize, basically says, the way he makes everything sound like it's his destiny when it's just what he wants is really annoying. Um, and, and so the point of it is, um, Ian McEwen can be writing historical fiction, um, and yet somehow it applies to some shitty CBS sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And there's so many great things like that. It's just a classic uh, odd couple pairing, isn't it? But you, you find some kind of enlightenment, I find. There's a kind of vibration that happens when reading through it. And uh, this is going to be a book, is that correct? Yes, next year, fall of 2015. That's great. Well, I. Good. Well, that's wonderful. 
Now, uh, you got any other, uh, are you going to do readings for them? What do you do the rest of the time? You do a lot of appearances and things, I feel I like. do. The next thing we have is the Downtown Literary Festival that takes place at House and Works of McNally Jackson in two weeks, April 13th. Great. People can find out about that how. Downtownliteraryfestival.com. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Or I'll tweet about it. Yeah, oh, good. Well, we'll follow you on Twitter or I'll just print it out and then make a note that I should uh, check it again the next day when I print it out. I hope somebody prints out this podcast. That would be very helpful. <laughs> I would like that. Will Maris, I'm so glad you're here. How'd it go? First podcast. I think you did great. Mary's Christian, everybody. How about that? Come on down here. That's great. It's wonderful. That's good. Yeah. See, there you are. In so many ways, you're my ideal woman, but we're not going to get weird. On no. Show. Okay? Do you want a Werther's? Okay. All right. Help yourself. Thank you. This is our candy. My next guest is so wonderful, you probably recognize her from the internet as well. And she's, uh, of course, she performs over there at the UCB, and she's also she's with Olivia Scott Sketch Program. She's also had a great uh, success with a viral video, I Like You Better, on Facebook. We're going to talk about a lot of things. Please welcome Olivia Scott! <laughs> Two bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Over there, That's uh, a lot. Two bedrooms is a lot. 
podcasting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hashtag podcasting. Uh, yeah. I wonder if you can um, hashtag an ellipsis. Because you said podcasting. It yeah. wasn't podcasting, it was podcasting. Yeah. So, you know, if there's a way to like, because the uh, hashtag, wouldn't, the, the ellipsis wouldn't be part of it. And I think that's a shame. <laughs> But you, you blew my mind with that, with that, even just the proposition of doing it. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Yeah, I can't explain what's on in here. I have squirrels in there. But now, do any of these characters that you develop then translate into the Olivia Scott sketch program, which I assume has many characters? Um, yeah, the, the show, it, I mean, I, I do play different characters throughout the show, uh, but the sort of the subject matter of the show is not necessarily a character showcase. Uh, it's more about um, the confrontation between humanity and the digital age. So there are going to be characters in it, but it's sort of more ingrained in that subject matter. That's a common thread that you bring up every show. That's what the show's about. I mean, we, yeah. we're, we're shooting a pilot presentation right now. We want to be on your TV, which, by which we mean your computer. <laughs> they um, know. They know. Yeah, and you know, Most these people meant, they figured you meant their phone. Oh, or yeah, your, your phone. Yeah. I can't believe I'm behind the times, too. <laughs> That's all right. You know I just figured out what the hashtag was two seconds ago. I was like, the caption was, 
white. <laughs> and then there's like a whole line of guys who like they're all white. And then there's like this one woman with a black tank top on underneath her black suit. So it was like white plus pink tank top. <laughs> it's wonderful. I tell you, people, I don't know if it's translating, but it's wonderful stuff. And uh, now, what, what kind of uh, uh, upbringing did you have? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Yeah. All right, all right. Then I have to recalculate, because I figured uh, probably you were uh, a young gal that enjoyed maybe Guns N' Roses or something. I do. Yeah. What is, how is that antithetical to Portland, Oregon? Well, I just thought it might be a little too much of an edge for Portland, but uh, <laughs> perhaps I'm wrong. Then. I go with my instinct, uh, as I always should. That's what happened. I second-guessed. <laughs> What's wrong? So, so that's what it was, wasn't it, for you? Pardon me? That's what it was, wasn't it? Where you had a kind of Guns N' Roses, Def Leppard? What was going on for you musically? <laughs> um, I, I, uh, what was going on with you musically? I mean, I, I just like it, anything that's fun, you know? Yep. Like, I like country and I like hip hop and I, I, I like everything. The only thing that I don't like, and I've always liked, you know, all kinds of music, but the only kind of music that I don't like, and I've never liked, is smooth jazz. Because <laughs> it's the only kind of music that's not fun. We agree to disagree. <laughs> a lot of nice nights for me were spent with some smooth jazz. Oh, You're starting to make me question. The yeah, well, come over to the house sometime. Yeah, we <laughs> Do we you have Kool-Aid? <laughs> do you have any plans to do more of the music video? That you, that you, of course, I like you on Facebook. Was a smash hit, went to the top of the charts. I, I like you, you better on Facebook. I like you better, I'm sorry. Yeah. I like you better on Facebook, yeah. which was, again, about that human digital divide. Yes. But, uh, yes. And people, I'm sure, are familiar with it, but you, you essentially say that what was represented in their profile is not matching up with real life, and therefore I prefer you in that other platform. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's basically like, look at how creepy everything's getting. Yeah, yeah. Well, mission accomplished with that video. Yeah. There's some good stuff in there. And you're going to do any more of those music videos? Um, yeah, I, I, I actually have a bunch of songs um, written, and I have a, a song uh, that I've performed live, but I don't have the funds yet to do a music video of, because um, they're expensive. Um, and it's called Subway Radio Shack Dunkin' Donuts Chase. And it's about a real strip mall in South Orange, New Jersey, that has a Subway Radio Shack Dunkin' Donuts and a Chase in it. And therefore, it has everything you need everything. in life. <laughs> so, it's, and I would really love to, it goes over well when I do it live. I'd love to get the funds to, anybody wants to give me some money. <laughs> That's true. Well, I don't know if that's Kickstarter's fault, though. 
No, it's not. I'm saying fuck Kickstarter like as as an idea for me as a concept. It's like fuck it. You oh, know what I mean? Oh, that's a barrier. That I don't mean you know. I got you. Yeah, the, the, I, got you. I can't get it together to do a Kickstarter. Is what okay. I'm saying. It's a lot of work. It I is. Mean, yeah, you have to like set up these rewards, yes. and you have to inundate people without pissing them off. I mean, it's hard. I fuck that. I set up a donations page on my website, and people can donate if they want to. Well, that should that should bring it in. No, yeah, it could. It could. Yeah. It could. How much so you trying to raise? Huh? How much do you need to raise? To make this music video, uh, probably two thousand dollars. You can do that. Yeah. That's easy. Yeah. That's easy. You'll get, you'll get there. <laughs> I feel confident. Incidentally, there was an article not long ago uh, in the New York Times that kind of profiled it, like you as a comedian and some other people. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of it, the thrust of it was, what do comedians make? Yeah. Right? And uh, one, I, think, I think I took away the thing that everybody took away from that is the fact that Eugene Mervin makes $200,000 a year. Mm -hmm. That's surprising to me. I met that guy. <laughs> I think he could have better shirts for making $200,000 a year. <laughs> surprising. And you were working at what, a law office or something? You still do that? Yeah. And do you tell them that you do comedy? Because I'm always afraid to let the people at the office know because I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm worried that then I will have to go attend something they do and I'll find myself <laughs> at like a folk concert or something. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, do you really want them at, at your show? No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Best to keep it between us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you need to raise some money quick, and then you can bring them in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're probably the last people to give me money. They're like, we give you money. <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true, but they could always give you more. I, That's yes. my approach with people. I agree. <laughs> Maybe you can start a Kickstarter for and when you I will. I'll set it up and do it for you. Can I make some money doing that at Kickstarter? I could be a good Kickstarter agent and just run it. <laughs> that's, a, that's not a bad idea. It's for not a, a bad for, idea. For a sketch, a Kickstarter agent. And uh, when's the next uh, sketch program that you have over there? Uh, it's uh, April 16th at 9.30. Oh, coming up. Well, that's great. And people yeah. can find you at Livia.land.com? No. Uh, Livia-dash. Livia-land.com. But probably the best way to find me is to just Google me. Just Google. Google Livia Scott. That's how people do it. That, that Google is my website. <laughs> <laughs> it's all your website. You all have a website. It's called Google. <laughs> Hold on. I want to take a picture. Google Glass Go picture. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Livia Scott, everybody.
spontaneous moment. It's Gloria, by the way. Just one. What did I say? Gloria. <laughs> I pulled it in halfway. I didn't mean to be That's so obnoxious about it. Philly accent. In Philadelphia, we call it Gloria. Gloria. Yes. Well, that makes more sense, and we'll get into that. Why we're so excited to meet each other, aren't we? We're so, we're so far away. It's okay. very okay. It's our marriage okay? What is happening? You'll move closer later. Okay. It'll be okay. Okay. Kind of get to know each other. This is really our first meeting. This is, yes. But uh, you're, you're well known out there in the world, doing so many great things. And Gloria, uh, of course, is the thing that maybe we'll talk about first. Why not? Um, that Gloria uh, uh, is 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 what? It's a, it's a something that was kind of prescribed to you. Yes. Is that true? And because uh, someone yes. recognized some kind of uh, how did you know that similarity you know? with uh, with 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 what the cartoon character Daria. Yes. Daria. So people say, "Oh, you're like you're such a Daria." show in the 90s or something. Yes, yeah. it was. And uh, uh, were there any uh, black characters on Daria? There, what was her name? Sorry, uh, is it Waria? White Daria? <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was. I wish it was. But yes, there is one black character in Daria and everyone else is white. Well, I think there was an Asian person. Oh, maybe. Because I talked to Ashley Howard. She did the voice uh, for the Asian character. Really? She herself is white, so that's problematic. Was and I decided to run it up. Oh, but that's there weird. you go. It's oh, weird. It is really weird. weird. Yeah. I mean, again, it's fine. Spitballing yes. here. Do you think we need a blail? <laughs> we do. We should have a blail. A black blail. Yeah, you need a black blail. You gotta mix it up. He'll <laughs> so come out in like a pimp. I guess. I don't know. You know. Better you're like Williams, we'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> but now something about this is when somebody said, look, you remind me of this, you took it and then uh, what what is uh, 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 having Gloria allow you to say that you wouldn't ordinarily say? Um, I think I pretty much say, uh, it's, a, it's a blog, so I just kind of like write about like pop culture and like politics and whatever and I would just do that like in G chats with conversations with people, not just like a whole thing, but you know, going back and forth, not an animal. Um, and <laughs> but then I was like, oh, if I do a blog, then I can just talk uninterrupted, and people can read that. So it's very selfish of me, but but it's not a, a character per se, but it's more of a lens. It's just me, but it's just yeah. like you know. But through that, you've also been able to hone a kind of political. Edge to it, right? Not right. necessarily Which, big so, politics, but there's a social yeah. political aspect to it. Which surprised me because I, not that I thought that I was shallow, but like my brother is super into politics. Like I know really smart people. And so I was like, I'm not that smart. But then there were like things that were like pissing me off. So I was like, I'm going to, you know, write about this. I'm like, oh, I, I know things. So I surprised myself with having slightly more knowledge than I thought. Yeah. That's a wonderful thing. Yes. And now, uh, you, of course, you grew up in Cleveland, where so many great comedy folks are from. Is yes. that true? Yes. Drew Carey. <laughs> yes, for That's instance. Drew <laughs> <laughs> Carey and Mimi. That's no. it. That's There's a lot of people in New York, though, from Cleveland that are uh, probably roughly your generation that yes. uh, are from there. Yes. What is it about that bleak environment <laughs> that uh, <laughs> comedy, do you think? Um, I don't know. I was just kind of 
from Cleveland does, I mean, there are people in Cleveland who do comedy, but like none of them have come here, I don't think. Some have, but that's okay. Oh, okay, okay. We'll, sorry. We'll connect you afterwards. Okay, thank you. There's a social <laughs> portal on my website for people from Ohio, and we'll connect you. But uh, you didn't, uh, you didn't uh, grow up, though, as you kind of hinted there, as a comedy nerd. You came to comedy later. So late. So late. What was the spark? Um, so I, uh, I went to college in New York, and I did. I went to Pratt Institute, and I was on the improv team there. Pratt has an improv team? We just kind of were like... <laughs> Let's just I think mean, about that for a little bit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, looking back, it was very much just like a bunch of people being like, hey, we want to be funny in an organized way. Like, we yeah. had Chris Gethard actually came and, like, taught us, yeah. you know, someone just moved. Yeah, he's great. So he came and, like, taught us one time. So, like, it was semi-legit. Um, and then yeah. when I graduated, because I wanted, so my goal initially when I was younger was to move to New York write and produce film, and then marry Robert De Niro. Like, that was <laughs> the plan. And um, hasn't happened. But so I worked in film for a while, and I missed performing. And a friend of mine was like, oh, I'm going to take a stand-up class. And I was like, stand-up is really stupid. Like, I just was not, I wasn't a huge, I liked Dan Cook. Um, we all <laughs> were. He was funny. I will defend that. He was funny for a while. We all love him.
which is maybe more accurate than two broke girls or uh, girls or just why aren't there any shows for poor older white men? <laughs> I'm not that poor. But still, it's a, it's a, it's a, tough, a tough thing that they're picturing and they do it so well. Uh, I, do you ride the subway? Yes, I do. Yeah, I ride the subway too. Any folks here? Do you ride the subway? I saw something you speak, you talk about just sort of the sadness of humanity. A fella got on the subway the other day, and, and it just it perfectly represented the moment that all hope vanished from the planet. And the reason was he was wearing sweatpants with pockets. Now the person that decided to put pockets on sweatpants is a truly evil person. But the person that decides to wear those sweatpants, because here's what it is. If you have pockets on your sweatpants, that means you can put stuff in there. If you can put stuff in there, you can put things like, I don't know, keys. If you can put keys in your sweatpants, that means you can go places where you need the keys to get back in, like your house, which means you can go outside wearing sweatpants. You can do all manner of things. And that sadness, that profound sadness, is a contagion. And when you see it, everybody gets sad. I you, see you brought this up. I, I in my head I was like, I should meet this person because I want to know where they got those pants. Because <laughs> none of my sweatpants have pockets in them. Don't do it, please I don't do it. <laughs> I want it. People should not wear sweat. Those are sad pants for just eating ice cream at home. <laughs> Maybe you watch Frasier or something. <laughs> you don't need pockets. Please don't do it. Just throw them out if you have them at all. <laughs> Spread and then we're done for. <laughs> but the Gloria is also a podcast. Yes. And you, you brought some people on there. You seek out comedians. Yes. Specifically. Like, yeah, specifically comedians. It really started just because I kind of like my my blog post would be kind of long, and I was like, sometimes people don't want to read. Like I don't want to read. And um, so I was like, I'll just do a podcast, and so we can just like listen to whoever I'm talking to while they're doing other stuff. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how that came about. And I interviewed comics mainly because we're all so busy, we never get to see each other. So it's an excuse for me to like, catch up with them. And you have regular events uh, live, much like tonight. Yes, I do. I have. <laughs> but there's stand-up focus, is that right? Stand-up, yes. I have a show at the UCB East um, last Tuesday of every month at 9.30 called Gloria Live, and I host it. I just bring on super funny people that I admire, and I let them be funny. That's great. Well, Olivia and I both have some advice for you uh, with this whole thing. And that's that you need to get your name in this. It needs to say Phoebe Robinson presents Blaria Live, or whatever, because Blaria doesn't mean anything to anybody, really. Uh, and once you understand it and do the research, then it's fine. You would agree with me. You well, named it Olivia Scott Sketch Program. Can I respond to that? Yes. Um, <laughs> all right, now. Hi, everybody. It's me, Olivia. I'm just fucking around. Um, somebody gave me a very good piece of advice that I would shout out to. Or not me. She gave it to other people. Eliza Skinner said, it's a good idea to have your name in the thing. And so I decided to do that. But I'm not giving that advice. I'm just telling you the advice I was given. Okay, bye. <laughs> So Olivia and I agree that you should put your name in there. Well, however yeah. you have to do it. 
from one person to another. That's good advice. It is good I advice. Like that. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really good. That's better than advice I've gotten earlier this month on a thing I did that I can't talk about now. Uh oh. But I can talk about it starting May 22nd. Whoa, well, we're all on uh, pins and needles waiting to hear about care. this. <laughs> That's great. May 22nd, I'll set my alarm. I will email you. Today's the day. And you can put it back in the podcast. Okay, that would be great. Yeah. Well, uh, we look forward to it. And the website is? Gloria.com. Uh, I can remember Phoebe that. Robinson presents Gloria.com. <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe Robinson, everybody. It, it, you know, it was like for fun, but um, being sad was for fun. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and then we we had a an open mic and choreographed a dance for it to and like host the night. I, and uh, one of the things that you do uh, is also to make videos of the dances. Uh, and some, some of those, uh, uh, you have a kind of ongoing series that brings in some dance movie tropes. Yes, that, that's exactly right. Yeah. We actually just posted another one, episode five, today. So check it out. They're called Rehearsal, and this one is called Parallel Universe. Um, this is check them out. Yeah. What do you want to say, Tom? I just want to give a big thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's good. So were you all fans of dance movies growing up? No. No. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I think the, like, Step Up. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> step Up <laughs> dance series and, like, Dirty Dancing. And, like, I watched that Step Up Revolution down there in Miami. Yeah. That's a great picture. <laughs> great picture. Step Up Revolution. No. Essentially, there was some tough stuff going on down there in Miami, and the only solution <laughs> was a dance crew. That's the way we see it, too. That's basically our thesis for yeah. life. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that the one where like the, they're solving all the problems through, um, what's it, flash mobs? Right. There's a lot of flashbacks. Yeah, it, it gets to the point that if I was involved in city government, I just wouldn't have a press conference. <laughs> because every time they set up the mic, these, these hooligans come out and start dancing all over the place. And you're like, well, it's a great spectacle, but I really can't get anything done as far from an urban planning position. <laughs> it's difficult. <laughs> Are any of you trained uh, dancers? Got to be classically trained dancers. I mean, we've all been dancing since we were like, pretty much like five, right? Um, and through, kind of through college. Um, and so we, how basically we start dancing is we kind of pull from all of those dance classes that we've taken over the years. So it's a combination of tap, jazz, uh, clogging, West African dance, ballet, et cetera, et cetera. And so we're pulling from all of those things. But I mean, in terms of going to conservatory, no. no don't need um, it. Don't need it. Absolutely. Thumbs down. Well, long-time listeners of this show know that I am passionate about dance and physical expression. It's always a dream I wish I pursued. Unfortunately, I lucked into this. But uh, uh, so we should do it. Let's do the dance. Let's okay. let's have a number. What do you need from us? This is going to be a treat for the audio listeners at home. Just to have a dance performance. That's okay. uh, we knew that going in. What do you need us to do? You need us to clear out of here. Get out! Everybody, stay calm. They should, they should stay. stay calm. Stay. The audience should stay. You guys stay but, calm. Us, you want us to move chairs? Yeah, move chairs, please. <laughs> off stage. And the tape. Oh, you all the way off stage. There's okay. um, the mic there that... Yeah. Okay. This will be the part where maybe I just, I just edit the... Uh, let's just hold it. There you go. Can Thank you. Can you decide the edge so I can still capture your foot movements? Do you want me to do that? Yeah. Like that. Can it Is stay here? Is this right here? Yeah. It's fascinating for everybody at all now. Yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> don't, don't knock into it. You okay. good? Okay. You need anything from me? No, thank you so much. Okay, ladies and gentlemen.
Uh, Cocoon Central Dance oh, Team. Yeah. One second. One second. Almost ready. <laughs> we're gonna. We're, there's gonna be a stage picture. We're gonna make a stage picture. No, we're gonna get off. We're gonna get off stage very soon. <laughs> Okay, folks, uh, Dale here. <laughs> I'm breaking in uh, because uh, what, what, what happened in this particular section was a dance number. So I thought I'd just describe what was happening. Because, uh, let me tell you, if you're not there for the live shows, you just miss out on things. There's lots of stuff coming at you and things hitting your eyes and you're thinking, my goodness, uh, I'm, I don't want to be anywhere else. But for those of you who weren't able to attend, some of you live in Canada. Some of you are, are out, of, out of range. It's just not possible. You don't have daycare. Let you have work in the morning. You can't possibly go out there. I understand. We all have busy lives. We have things that we have to take care of. Well, uh, if, you, if you can't be there, I thought I would just tell you, I would describe for you the experience of seeing Cocoon Central Dance Team. By the way, instantly tonight, I am pairing the podcast with uh, some Balvini, uh, 12-year double wood, and uh, that's not what was happening the night of the actual show. During the show, I had a couple of McAllen 12s, because as it turns out, moving the show to New York City... It means that I have more time to uh, drink before the show because I'm not coming all the way home, getting dressed, going to the venue. I'm just going d directly to the bar. So anyhow, uh, that's what was going on. So what's happening on stage? You'll hear a, a, a popular song by one of today's great tunesmiths. And uh, that, that's kind of humming along and it's getting the crowd built into a frenzy and, and hungry for more. And the, the, the three uh, of the Cocoon Central dance team, Sunita, Eleanor, Tally, they're out there. They're dressed in gold uh, lame. I, get, I don't know if it's actually lame. It may be some kind of synthetic uh, of fiber. Uh, something that is uh, kind of the tops are approximating a, a tracksuit or a running uh, some kind of exercise clothing that one would wear. Uh, incidentally, the running is not going great. <laughs> I'll tell you, for me personally, some of you know that I started running this year. Uh, also, I stopped running this year. <laughs> so, anyhow, uh, uh, so they're all dressed in gold, and it's already a feast for the eyes, and the lights are, are, are dazzling. And if you're sitting there, you're seeing that they also have the bike helmets, and um, uh, they've got the silver handlebars as, like one, as if ripped off of a kind of a bike or some kind of a bike, but wide. Uh, kind of a, t a cruiser, probably not not ten speed kind of the old racing bikes like I used to have as a boy, but uh, more more wide. Kind of you'd be cruising down the street with these things, and uh, I don't know what you'd pick up. Seems like I don't know the world of bikers very well. Uh, I see some of them outside, and um, I'm often annoyed being behind them driving. Though I appreciate what they're doing for uh, the earth, assuming again that climate change is a real. Uh, thing jury is out but anyhow uh, they're carrying these things and boy they're doing some movements and they have biker shorts and sneakers uh, though I didn't catch the brand I'm sure they were uh, of a high quality and they're they're doing they're doing these motions as if as if on bikes there was a, a moment where I thought they actually were riding bikes 
and I had to well, shake my eyes a little bit uh, like that and uh, I saw in fact it was just just them conjuring through the it was just a kind of witchcraft I won't I won't uh, kid you or magic I'm not saying they were witches I'm saying that they were practitioners of uh, some kind of dark art but when at the end of the day that's what dance is isn't it it's a mystical uh, form of expression which is tapping into something deep within the human experience and quite possibly is uh, dark magic so it was great and my thanks to cocoon central dance team now we'll just get back to the program here written and produced by James Bewley, musical director Steve O'Reilly, season six theme song composed and performed by Katie Mullins, season six podcast icon designed by Sunil Manchikanti. Logo treatment for Dale Radio is provided by Daniel Spencer Levine. You can listen to us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Please remember to rate and review us, follow us on Twitter, or find us on Facebook. Many thanks. You're the best.